Welcome to our podcast called Versed with Scott Tittle, a Vime Capital podcast, where we will be interviewing leaders in the long-term care sector who are shaping the future of the profession. We'll be discussing issues top of mind to them so our listeners can be even more well-versed as they tackle their day. This podcast is powered by Viam Capital, a new national financial services firm focused exclusively on providing capital solutions to the seniors' housing and healthcare sectors. For more information, you can find us at viamcapital.com. I'm your host, Scott Siddle. This is Versed. I'd like to welcome to our Versed podcast, Zach Schamberg, the president of the Pennsylvania Healthcare Association. Hey, Zach, welcome. God, thanks for having me. Now, Zach, you're in the middle of a very intense legislative session there down in Harrisburg, and we really appreciate your time today, so we don't want to take up too much of it. We have you on to talk about a very important topic uh, regarding the workforce crisis, but also specifically some agency staffing issues there in, in Pennsylvania. Uh, but before we get to it, why don't you tell our listeners about your background and how you got a long-term care? Yeah, of course. What's interesting is that I really grew up in long-term care, but indirectly. I have parents who have worked in long-term care for 25, 30 years. And I can remember conversations when I was younger in middle school and in high school where my parents would talk about the trials and the challenges in long-term care. And all I wanted to do was talk about sports or something else. And now I find myself years later leading those discussions at the dinner table, which is is really nice. I've come full circle. Um, When I graduated college, College in 2010, I went to be a campaign manager in Southeast Pennsylvania, right outside of Philadelphia. And we won a race down there in Montgomery County. I became chief of staff to a state representative. We did another campaign in 2012. And then I came to work for the Pennsylvania Healthcare Association. And I was our chief lobbyist. I was our director of government affairs. And that went until about 2019, when I, I then assumed the role as president and CEO of PHCA. And just For the listeners, we represent long-term care in Pennsylvania. That's nursing homes, personal care, and assisted living. We represent providers, the workers, most importantly, the residents. And as I'm sure you'll talk to other guests in in this podcast, you know, our role has never been more important, Scott, than it is now, especially after the last two years. We've got providers and workers and residents who need help, who need support. And that's our main role. That's our main job. And along those same lines, not only is it more important than ever to be part of the association at the state level, but also the national level, right? And you were just recently appointed to the National Center of Assisted Living Board. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that experience so far? Yeah, that, that's been fantastic and really elevate Pennsylvania to the national stage and and getting the issues that affect assisted living communities and personal care homes here in Pennsylvania in the national spotlight and being able to affect change, not just in our state capital in Harrisburg, but in Washington, D.C., and working with leaders like LaShawn Bethia, who's assumed your role at NCAL, and folks on the NCAL board, other state executives, not just to further an agenda. But really, what I found most beneficial, Scott, is learning what other states are experiencing and being able to share in those experiences, being able to use those experiences to affect change here in Harrisburg. It's been really, really positive just in the last two to three months that I've been able to join the NCAL board. Yeah, LaShawn's doing a tremendous job there at NCAL. I'm really excited for where the association is going. And I can imagine for you as an advocate there in Pennsylvania, 
being a part of the National Association not only allows you to have greater access to your counterparts around the country, the other state chapter presidents, but also to get a good flavor for what other operators are experiencing in other states. And I imagine that makes you even a better advocate there in Pennsylvania. So really look forward to hearing more about your experience at NCAL in the future. Uh, as I mentioned before, you are in the middle of a legislative session in Harrisburg. Why don't you tell us for our listeners some of the priorities you have in the current legislative session? Well, aside from workforce, the priority has to be Medicaid funding. And for the last two years, our legislature here in Harrisburg, as well as the governor, they've really stepped up to support long-term care. In 2020, it was with the CARES Act funding. Last year, in 2021, it was the American Rescue Plan. Obviously, both one-time stimulus funds that helped our industry, our sector survive. Ultimately, that was what it was about in 2020 and 2021. But as we look forward, Scott, it's got to be about sustainability and predictability and recurring funding. It's the only way we're going to be able to allow or empower our providers to invest in their workers, to bring more workers to the front lines, and to meet the higher and higher operational costs that unfortunately they're experiencing now and they're likely to stay in this sector. So That all comes back to Medicaid funding. And aside from any workforce initiatives that we take on, it's got to be an investment in Medicaid to ensure the sustainability of this sector. And that's very important in Pennsylvania, being one of the oldest states in terms of population in the entire country. You know, uh, Phil Fogg, who is the president of the American Healthcare Association Board of Governors nationally, and also the CEO and president of Marquee out of Portland, Oregon, has said numerous times that if COVID has taught us all one thing, uh, and one of the most important things, is that it's exposed the chronic underfunding of Medicaid, especially on the skilled side. Um, tell us a little about your specific Pennsylvania Medicaid rate there, and then tell us a little more about the money you were able to pull down for the stimulus money and how that benefited operators in Pennsylvania specifically. Yeah. And again, I'm very proud of our association, our internal team here, and really our members throughout the state who refuse to let their voices go unheard the last two years. And and I, I think to Phil Fogg's point about Medicaid, yes, the last two years have really shown us that there needs to be an investment in Medicaid. And what the last two years have done, and unfortunately, it took a pandemic to do this, But it did give long-term care the spotlight, right? It gave us a bullhorn, a megaphone, a microphone, whatever you want to call it. And it was, the onus was put on us as associations, as providers, as advocacy groups to step up and use that bullhorn and call for the change that needed to be made. And in Pennsylvania, and I know throughout the country with my colleagues, that means an investment in Medicaid. Here in Pennsylvania, the average daily Medicaid rate per resident is about $199 per day. But the actual cost of care is closer to $250. So do the math. If you're underfunded, per resident, every single day by $50, what does that do to you as a provider? It doesn't allow you to invest in staff, in your facilities, in the very care that you provide. And it's really put us on a collision course to not being able to keep our promise to those seniors in our aging population in Pennsylvania, who we've said, we'll make sure you receive care on Medicaid. And again, we're getting very close to the point where that may not be able to happen. And given some of the challenges that we're having now, not just on the funding side, but on the workforce side, and I know this is occurring throughout the country, we've got providers who have basically had to close their doors to new admissions. They can't take new residents. They're turning away vulnerable senior citizens 
because they don't have enough staff or enough resources to care for them. Now, you asked about the, the last two years and this federal stimulus funding that we were able to secure. In 2020 with the CARES Act, it was $295 million total. $250 million went to nursing homes. $50 million went to assisted living and personal care. And that was a first-of-its-kind payment to ALPC, which was fantastic. Last year, it was $247 million from the American Rescue Plan to nursing homes, $30 million to assisted living and personal care. And on top of that, a $5 million investment for an HVAC grant program so that providers could invest in their HVAC system. So again, that's allowed us to survive we need sustainability in 2022. Well, Zach, thanks for going into some more detail about the stimulus dollars you were able to pull down for Pennsylvania operators. I know Pennsylvania is one of the few states so far that's been able to do so, and a number of other states are looking at your state as a model and a blueprint for uh, possible opportunities for their states going forward in the future. So thanks for all your efforts there. Congratulations. You know, I, I want to turn to our main topic, uh, which is the workforce crisis, and then get into the agency staffing legislation you have filed there. Uh, and if it's okay, I'm going to go ahead and read a couple statistics to kind of lay the groundwork. Um, there was a recent Bureau of Labor Statistics report that came out uh, that gave some really scary statistics on the current status of our workforce, um, indicating that the workforce levels are really at their lowest in about 15 years. And just between the periods of time, February 2020 and January 2022, uh, the sector has lost nearly 410,000 jobs. Again, that's 410,000 jobs in just two years. That decline was really significant on the skilled side with about a 15% loss in the workforce. Uh, on the AL side, about 7%. And for home health, about 2%. Zach, what are you seeing there in Pennsylvania? Are your operators and members seeing about the same numbers? or even worse. Yeah, we are. And, and again, aside from a Medicaid investment, workforce is the number one issue affecting long-term care providers in Pennsylvania. It's interesting. We, we surveyed our members back in September about this because we wanted to learn what was happening on the front lines and really how bad it really was for long-term care providers throughout the state. And what we learned was very, very alarming. And in fact, we sounded a public alarm to say, we need help. We need support. Because again, we're on a collision course to not being able to provide care. Back in September, our members told us that since February 2020, they had lost overall 20% of their total workforce. The vast majority of our providers, nursing homes, personal care, and assisted living had at that time 21 or more open positions that they simply could not fill. 68% of all facilities told us or providers told us they were having trouble just meeting minimum staffing requirements. And I know we're going to get into it, but back then, and that's six to seven months ago, the vast majority of our members said, we're not just utilizing contract agency staff, we're relying on contract agency staff to provide care each and every day. And ultimately, what does all that mean? It means that we are being forced to turn away vulnerable senior citizens in need of care because we don't have enough workers. We don't have enough workforce to care for them. And in one of the oldest states in the entire country, that is a real problem. You know, Zach, your last point, I think, is a really critical one, which is at the end of the day, what nobody wants is an access to care issue for seniors and families, right? Uh, you know, these workforce issues are significant. The expenses associated with additional labor, both uh, full-time and agency staff and contract staff are significant. And what we obviously want to avoid is an access to care issue for seniors and families. And so um, and so let, let's get into the bill that you have proposed there in, in Pennsylvania to kind of attempt to address this agency staffing issue. And for our listeners to set the stage, I want to share some more statistics 
from a recent skilled nursing news poll, uh, 37.5 respondents indicated that their organization would rely more heavily on agency staff in 2022 than the prior year. Um, and those same respondents indicated that before the pandemic, you know, they certainly did rely on agency staff to some extent, uh, but they were in the single digits, uh, sometimes as low as one or 2%. But now it can be up to 40, 50, and even 60% of their current workforce in a given building any given day. So obviously a huge dynamic shift there. Uh, Omega reported recently that in quarter three of 2021, uh, agency use for one of its very largest uh, skilled nursing operators was up five times of what it was just two years before in a per patient, per resident day. Um, so obviously, you know, these types of situations not only create uh, operational and clinical issues on the front lines, but can uh, certainly add an additional cost and expense uh, to the bottom line for operators. So Zach, why don't you tell a little bit about uh, the bill you've proposed there in Pennsylvania and what you hope to address? Yeah. And Scott, you did a really good job of, of just illustrating that this is an unsustainable model moving forward for an industry, specifically nursing homes that are so dependent on a Medicaid rate that is paid every single day. This is not a model that can continue even six months from now. I also want to be clear. You made the point that staffing agencies were around prior to the pandemic, and our providers utilize staffing agencies. But there has been a reliance on those agencies throughout the last two years, given that we've seen a mass exodus from our workforce and from our full-time employees. And certain staffing agencies in Pennsylvania have been terrific partners throughout the last two years, and we're grateful for that partnership. However, what we have seen, unfortunately, is that there are staffing agencies who have taken advantage of our providers, and they've taken advantage of this situation and of this pandemic. And we're seeing hourly rates for CNAs, LPNs, and RNs being inflated by 100%, 200%, 300%, or even 400%. We're seeing CNA rates at $75 an hour. We're seeing LPN rates at $175 an hour. So again, I think that causes two real problems. One is it is an unsustainable model. Providers are not going to be able to afford it. And two, we are seeing the mass exodus from our workforce. And they're not just leaving for other service industries. They're going to staffing agencies. I've heard from countless providers over the last year or so who have told me They've lost an employee on Monday, and that employee is back on Tuesday working for the staffing agency. That can't continue. So we've got to make this a fair fight. We've looked at what other states are doing around the country, and specifically two states, Minnesota and Massachusetts, who have enacted law years ago that did two things, regulated the staffing agencies and basically given oversight over those staffing agencies, which I think is very important, and to cap the rates that a staffing agency can charge. In both cases, I believe in those states, rates are capped on average or by about 150% of the median wage rate, depending on location throughout the state. That's exactly what we want to do in Pennsylvania. We want to provide predictability and we want to provide oversight to make this a fair fight moving forward. Zach, you mentioned Minnesota and Massachusetts as the two states that had statutes on the books already before COVID that would address uh, price gouging situations among agency staffing companies. Uh, I know a number of states have been relying on uh, more general price gouging statutes um, that predated COVID. Say a little about uh, if Pennsylvania had such a statute and if so, why you decided to go ahead and file a separate bill. 
Yeah, we need to go further. And in working with our attorney general's office in Pennsylvania at the beginning of the pandemic, back in March, April and May 2020, which now, Scott, I think you, you would agree seems like 15 years ago, working with them to determine what could be done to address this staffing agency issue. But unfortunately, in Pennsylvania, it's really only applicable, that price gouging statute, it's really only applicable to goods, not necessarily services. And as we work through those levels of government, as we work through the attorney general's office, our department of health and members of the legislature, we ultimately came to the conclusion, this has got to be done via law. It's got to be written in statute. That is the way to get this done moving forward. So Zach, just to play devil's advocate for a second, uh, I would imagine that those that would oppose this bill might say something along the lines that, hey, this is the free market and this is what the market prices are demanding and the free market should be able to set its own prices. If somebody had just dropped into our sector on day one right today and, and not really understood our, how our operators are financed, what would you say to them in kind of response to that, that thought? It's not a free market when more than 70% of all care provided is dependent on the state's Medicaid rate. And the state sets that rate year after year. The free market argument, in my opinion, goes out the window when you're talking about a provider group that's dependent on Medicaid. Well, and I would imagine an, another angle, stepping back and kind of looking at big picture here, right, would be a comment to a state legislator, which would say, you have taken steps already to protect the consumer and business owners in other industry lines during times of national emergencies and pandemics with respect to price gouging, uh, specifically gas pumps, for example. Why not look at healthcare and specifically long-term care for what it is, which is critical infrastructure during uh, a national pandemic and and provide some adequate protection as well. So again, Zach, thanks for that additional clarification and all you're doing there in Pennsylvania to, to help with this issue. Uh, maybe say a little bit about your session right now. I forgot to ask this at the onset. Where are you in terms of uh, your your budget cycle? Are you a, Is this a budget year, an off-budget year? And what are some next steps with respect to this bill? Yeah. So in Pennsylvania, we have two-year sessions. We're in the second year of that two-year session. So coming up to the election in November, we'll then start a new session in January 2023. We're looking right now, and the number one issue in Harrisburg is the impending state budget. And here in Pennsylvania, Governor Tom Wolf is in his eighth and final year. He's termed out. So this is going to be his budget, maybe his legacy budget to really invest in what he wants to invest in, what he wants to leave Pennsylvania with. As far as the big issues that we're facing, it's Medicaid, it's workforce. And Scott, I think it's important to note for your listeners, Pennsylvania is also staring down the barrel of an impending regulatory revision from our Department of Health that would raise staffing minimums in nursing homes to 4.1 PPD. And if you tell a provider, if you mention 4.1 PPD now in the midst of a workforce crisis, that sets off the alarm, that sets off the red flag right there. So we're actively trying to defeat that regulation as well, on top of everything else that we're doing with the legislature. So it's going to be a very busy next few months for us, but that's a good thing. Well, Zach, thanks for all you're doing there in Pennsylvania on behalf of the sector. I know for any of our listeners that want to help you out uh, during the session and anything going forward, they can contact you directly there at the Pennsylvania Healthcare Association. And um, hey, before we go, uh, I, I meant to ask you the outset about your family. So tell us about your family. And then um, I've been asking our guests uh, one question, which is what's on your nightstand? Uh, is there a book you're reading you'd like to recommend for our listeners? So uh, tell us about your family and then uh, maybe a recommendation of a good book. So my wife and I just welcomed three months ago our second daughter, Kennedy. We have an older daughter, Vivian, who just turned two years old. So 
you know, Scott, in the pre-interview, you asked me what I have on my bedside table. My answer was going to be aspirin with all the stuff, <laughs> with all that's happening over the last two years and, and family life at home. But in terms of books and, and what I'm reading right now, there's actually a great book that was recommended to me by your first guest, Keith Bodie from Nebraska. It's called Race for Relevance. It's five radical changes for associations. And anybody in a state affiliate, anybody in an association, I would recommend it because certainly as we're looking back at the last two years and as we're looking forward, more importantly, we know we have to adapt. We know we have to change. We know we can't do the things that we've done year after year, day after day. And a book like this, Race for Relevance, basically says you need to reevaluate and you need to think about new things moving forward. It's all about being innovative. And, and that's what we're all about at PHCA. Well, Zach, you certainly have a lot on your plate, uh, to say the least, uh, being a dad second time around and being in the midst of this very intense legislative session. Again, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to spend some moments with us to let us know what you're working on there in Pennsylvania and your thoughts about uh, this very important topic of workforce and agency staffing. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to our second Biome Capital podcast. Be sure to check back in soon for future sessions with key leaders in our profession that are shaping the sector during these very interesting times. This is Versed.